I think that one of the greatest experiences of the quarantine is that of isolation. And, you know, when we have to stay at home or our activities are cut to very few and we have to spend more time just secluded in, in our home or the, the you know, few places that we go to, we can uh, be drawn into an experience of isolation and being isolated and separated from others. And I think that the greatest isolation that happens is being away from a few things that are essential. Being away from the sacraments, being away from a Christian community, and being away from the temple, the place of worship, the place of prayer. How good would it be that everyone could be here tonight? I hear that the sign-up uh, came up at 7 p.m. and it was uh, you know, done already at 7.02. <laughs> so that tells me that those who are here are very quick and that we need to possibly celebrate more Masses. But that creates a great isolation because isolation is an experience not of being in connection, not being able to be in connection with many things in the outside, but truly who are you in connection with in the inside? If you are connected to God, you will never be isolated, even if you're alone, even if you're alone for a, for a long time. And people who could be, even you know, when things return to normal, surrounded by many people, and you can still be isolated. You can still feel lonely. That experience of isolation comes from a lack of connection with Christ, a lack of these things, being away from these three things. And that can make it hard for us to persevere in our faith, to continue to grow. And we can enter sometimes in this survival mode of our faith. Maybe I just need to make it through when are things going to be back to normal and, and I can thrive then. But now I need to make it through. I need to, you know, take my deepest breath and swim underneath the water and, and you know, try to make it. But the reality is that the Lord calls us not to live our lives with a, a pilot flame, in pilot mode, but He wants to see a fire in our hearts. He wants to see us ablaze in love for Him. That is the normal state of the Christian. After the resurrection of Christ, hearts began to catch fire. The disciples of Emmaus, Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and then the rest of the twelve, and people started catching fire, and that fire they brought to others. And they were persecuted in Jerusalem and went to Samaria, and then to the rest of Judea, and then to all the corners of the world, to the ends of the world. That is, that is what Christ wants for us. And so the Lord gives us today the means to walk away from what the saints call lukewarmness in our hearts. Lukewarmness that is the greatest enemy of our souls. It is that moment when we haven't lost our faith, of course. We still do many of the same things that we did before, but without that real connection, being isolated, being away from God. And there's three main symptoms of that state of lukewarmness when we experience it. The first one is that the helps that we experienced before become burdens. Helps 
becoming burdens. That's the first thing. All the things that helped me so much in my faith, you know, participating in the sacraments, reading the scriptures, having all these like set moments for prayer, doing spiritual reading, having spiritual conversations with friends, all of a sudden become tedious and burdensome. Like, do I have to pray again? Why are you speaking about faith all the time? Come on. And all these things that become burdensome to me that I used to enjoy, and they were helps to my faith and to grow in that relationship with Christ. When we grow in lukewarmness, they become burdensome. The second one is that hopes become dissolution. Hopes that we had become dissolution. You know, when we were in, a, in that state of fire with a heart that was ablaze for, for God, we experienced a great hope. I can do this. You know, I can do all these things. I am, I am not there yet, but I am, I am growing in humility. And I'm actually becoming better in, in love and charity for others. And I, I truly want to pray more and do my best in my prayer life. And I want to serve more. And, and I know that one day I will be there. And we are hopeful and we are moving forward. And of the sudden, when lukewarmness enters our hearts, we ask ourselves, have I changed at all? In the end, so many things have happened. So much water has gone underneath the bridge. But I am still the same. And we enter in a state of disillusionment. And we believe that we are the same, that we haven't changed at all. Maybe it's been one year, two years, three years, ten years. Have I changed at all? Dissolution. And the third one is when we go from novelty becoming ordinary and tedious and repetitive. We start asking ourselves this yet again. For how long will I have to do this again and again and over and over? When we used to enjoy the novelty of those things. And even though we did them every single day, they seem to be new every single time. Mass again, that's great. <laughs> you know, it seems new. But all of a sudden it becomes tedious and ordinary. The responses become, you know, so ordinary that we just repeat them with our lips, not feeling them with our hearts. That is what we call the state of lukewarmness that is very common and and we shouldn't uh, feel bad if we are in that state right now is the moment to that's an opportunity to grow into a deeper relationship with christ all the saints say that when you find yourself in lukewarmness if you overcome that you will gain a great realization that you ought to serve god and not god to serve you that is the great step that God invites us to when he moves us away from lukewarmness. Realizing that, okay, in the end, I wasn't here to be served by God, to feel good from him. I am here to serve him. I am he here to lay down my life. And so Jesus says, in order to move you away from lukewarmness, in order to uh, give you a help that can be constant in your life, so that you can be continually renewed. I will give you not a thing, but a person. Someone who will be always with you. A new advocate. The paraclete. The helper. The comforter. That word paraclete uh, from the gospel means, you know, can be translated in many different ways, like all those uh, good Greek words. Uh, could be translated with many English words, but one of them is the one who 
comes alongside to help us. You know, if you imagine like a, a little boat that was struggling in the Mediterranean Sea, and then like a bigger ship comes to help them get to, to harbor. That's the paraclete. That's the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside to help us. And the second translation that I like is that of comforter. If Satan is the accuser of mankind, he's the one who accuses us before God. But look that he has done, that she has done. The Holy Spirit is the one who comforts us from within. So the strategy of the Holy Spirit is to comfort you away from lukewarmness. He will not accuse you as you find yourself in that lukewarmness. He will comfort you away from lukewarmness so that you can take that step into a greater fire in your life. So the Lord wants that continual renewal that is interior in our hearts, the Holy Spirit working within us. Jesus says today in the gospel, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. He desires to reveal himself to us and he continues his revelation within us. And that is what the Holy Spirit does in us. Like those men and women from Samaria, as we read in the first reading today, they had been baptized and they were living out the faith. But when the disciples got there, they realized that they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. So they were living a lukewarm faith. And in that moment, they give them that, that baptism in the Spirit. Like John had said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you in the Spirit and with fire. And so they receive the Holy Spirit. They lay hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. That is what we want for us, a continual renewal that is interior to be ablaze out of love for Christ. So how can we do this concretely in our lives? How can we be more open to that uh, interior comforter that the Lord wants to send us? There's um, three easy steps that we can take that they're in the gospel today. The first one is love. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So the sign of our love is that we fulfill the commandments because we want to. But the first step is to be able to love Christ with our whole hearts. And the first step into love is, is forgiveness, truly. There is a saint who said once, you have lost your joy. What is there between you and God? If you have lost your joy, what is it there between you and God? So sometimes we need to remove what's in between us and Christ in forgiveness, in asking for forgiveness, so that we can restate that great love for him. Because until, until we want to be like Christ, until we want to be in that loving relationship with him, then the Holy Spirit cannot set us ablaze. Something that is great is that we can still do confessions through all this. And so there's confessions on, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, on Saturdays. You know the times. How important it is to, you know, keep uh, going to that sacrament in a continual way to renew our hearts. If it is to ask forgiveness from mortal sins, that's great. If it is to ask forgiveness for venial, from venial sins, that's great too. 
but that continual renewal so that we can uh, remove anything that could be blocking our love for Christ. Have you lost your joy? What is there between you and God? The second one is obedience. Obedience to doing the things that we already know how to do. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's the second part. And so keeping all those things, that obedience helps us to be open again to the Holy Spirit. So the four pillars, the participation in the sacraments, you know, the prayer moments that I had, all those things that I already knew, my community, even if it is virtually, the program, program that I am a part of now, you know, investing in my own formation in the faith, and even other things, you know, studying, promptly being responsible, and all those things you will see how once we order our lives again in obedience, then the Holy Spirit descends, He comes, and He gives us spontaneity coming from obedience. And in the third place, asking, asking for the Holy Spirit, asking for Him to come. Look at what Jesus says in the gospel today. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. <laughs> so Jesus is the one who asked the Father. He's already asking the Father that you may be filled with the Spirit. So when we ask the Lord, we unite our hearts to him. And that is the petition that is you know, most according to the heart of Jesus. He even said in the Gospels that the Holy Spirit will not be denied to anyone who, ask with, who asks with faith. And here he says, I am asking the Father that you may be filled with the Spirit. So when you ask that prayer, you know that that is in tune with the heart of Christ, that that is infallible in a sense. So you can always ask for more and we should do this daily. So I ask you today, how is the flame of your heart? How is that flame in your heart? Is it a blaze? Is it a bonfire? Or is it just in pilot mode? Because if it is in pilot mode, the Holy Spirit, He's the one who fans that into flame again. And He desires to come down tonight and every single day so that you may be renewed in your faith.